Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. We are actually at the, at the, almost at the end. We've got one more week, including Fifth Sunday Family Worship, but we've been doing a series called Asking for a Friend. And for those of you that it's your first time or you may be new, uh, kind of the idea was at Easter, uh, Easter we had about like 400 people here for Easter. And it was a perfect opportunity for me as a pastor to go, hey, what are people thinking about? What are they asking questions? Where are their struggles? And so we asked the question at Easter when all those visitors were here, hey, tell us something you'd like to learn about, like to hear a sermon about, a teaching about, something to that aspect. So we got a whole bunch of questions in. So we've been going through that series. Well, I combined several questions to do today's topic. And, um, and, 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 and it's... It's kind of interesting because as soon as I say the topic, I think the room will sort of change atmosphere a little bit because I got a lot of questions about revelation and prophecy and, and, and all this sort of stuff. And so, and so here's the question that I want to answer today. Are we in the last days? Are we in the end times? Right? And, and as soon as I say that, it's funny because there's a handful of people that are like prophecy fanatics. Right? Like you like to buy the books and to do all that and you love it. And everybody else is going, oh crap. <laughs> and so that's why I said it, it, the atmosphere sort of changes. You know, like, ooh, end times. Or even just say in Revelation, like some of you have read Revelation and just been like, I'm going to go back to Genesis. I mean, you know, because it's the dragons and multiple eyes and I mean all that stuff can it can kind of weird you out a little bit but I I want you to understand that when we talk about it for those of you there's some of you here that are new to the faith we've had a few people that have gotten saved just recently and so for those of you who are new to the faith when I say last days are in times what we believe and what the scripture tells us is that Jesus is coming back right that Jesus came and he died for our sins and then he went to heaven but that he's actually coming back and so we call that the second coming or the last days or um, uh, just the coming of the king. I mean, you'll hear different. I, we use a lot of Christianese, so forgive us sometimes if we say it in ways that it sounds all weird and churchy or whatever. But bottom line is Jesus coming back, y'all. That's kind of, you know what I mean? It's like Jesus was Arnold for a moment, said, I'll be back. Okay, kind of deal. And, and so he's coming back. Well, the question mark that is 
it makes us struggle with this whole concept really is our sinful nature. And here's what I mean by that. Because most of us, the reason we want to know when he's coming back, don't steal my punchline. Get ahead of me here. Right? But the reason that we do is the same way, listen to me, that we live life. How much time do I have till I have to? Right? How how much time do I have? Right? Like, do do I have like, Five minutes or do I have like 45 minutes? Right? Like, like, and, and you got it. You got to be honest with yourself on why you're asking that question. Right? In, in, in the reality. But I want you to understand how big this concept is because just a few stats. These are not in your notes, but just a few stats. One out of every 30 verses in the, in the New Testament are about the second coming. One out of 30. Right? 216 chapters in the New Testament, there are over 300 references to the second coming. Jesus coming back. And out of the 20, and 23 out of the 27 New Testament books talk about the second coming. So it's obviously important. And even, listen to me, even Jesus' disciples asked the question, right? They, they actually went to him. And this topic tends to freak people out. And I think it is because most of us have a control freak issue going on when it comes to this. Like, I, I want, I need to know. Right? I, I, I need to understand. Tell me what day, what's happening. Right? I, it's like my mama always told me I got to have clean underwear on and be ready. Kind of thing. Well, since this is such a heavy topic, I thought I'd, I'd give you a little Boudreaux story real quick to help you with the topic. So, uh, Pastor Boudreaux and Pastor Thibodeau, it's funny already, right? They have churches right across the street from each other. And um, they come out and, and uh, Boudreaux nails this sign in. And his sign says, turn yourself around before it's too late. And so Thibodeau doesn't want to be outdone for his church. So he puts a sign up that says, the end is near. About that time, here comes a car flying by, some crazy Cajun flying by, rolls down the window. You freaks, you fanatics, right? Yelling at him or whatever. So they just watch him go, goes around the corner. You hear screeching tires and splash. Boudreaux says, you think me might have put on the sign, bridges out? <laughs> so the reality, that's funny, I don't care here. The, the reality is, is, that, is that, that this is a topic, okay? So Matthew 24 and 3, listen to this. As Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? He's talking about the second coming, talking about Jesus coming back. And what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? I want you to notice two words there. What and when. Right? When and what. Like, tell us the time and what is it going to look like? What is that? That's us always wanting to be in control of every situation. Right? How, how, uh, how many of you know we are, we are in so little control of the situation? And yet we try so hard to be in control of every situation. That when we're really honest, we have this crazy dependency upon God. I mean, like, take a deep breath. In, out. You know why you took that breath? Only because God allowed it. Like, we have a dependency that is, that is, that is huge. But in this chapter, Jesus gives the what 
but not the wind. So if you want to study it for yourself, go back to Matthew 24 and read that whole thing. Um, because we're in this thing. Are we, you know, are we in this? And so, okay, Pastor Mike, are we in the last days? And here's the answer. We don't know. And anybody who says they know, they don't know. We don't know. We really don't know. But we could be. Let me say it to you that way. I believe there's enough evidence when you go through prophecies and all those kind of things to say, yeah, I think this fulfills this and this fulfills that. So I think that Jesus could come back. But let me also say with that statement, every generation has thought it was. Including all the way back to the apostles. Right? We're going to read a verse in a minute where Peter talks about it's, it's on us. It's here. It's now, right? That was years ago. So every generation has looked at it that way. Look at, look at what Peter says. Second Peter 3, 3 through 10. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, now he's going to give us some description here. So let's pick up on some clues of what the end days, end days will look like. You must understand that the last days scoffers will come. Scoffing and following their own evil desires. That means if it feels good, then I'll do it. Okay. Now it's easy for us to look at the generation today or even some of us, if we're honest, and say, I deal more with my feelings than I do doing what's right. Right. If it feels bad, then we shy away from it. If we, if it, and, but they will say, where is this coming? He's promised. In other words, you know what? Y'all been talking about this for 2000 years. Is he really coming back? Where is this coming? That he's promised. These are the scoffers. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forgot that long ago by God's word and heavens existed. And the earth was formed out of water by water. So this is the creation story. So there's a moment in, and, and you can't even say a moment in time because time hadn't started yet. Right? So now we get into philosophy class. Because God does not exist within time. So what is so hard for us is everything for us exists in time. Like, it's hard for me to say the word. I was working on how to say this without having a time reference. In other words, what we'll say is, okay, well, one, one day God decided to... No, day is a time reference. So God woke up and he... No, that's morning. That's a time, right? Like, everything in our minds, listen to me, is framed within time. And yet we serve a God who is outside of time. In other words, we're never going to fully grasp that. Because our God, but however that happened, (laughs) right? God, all of a sudden, another time reference, all of a sudden decides to create the world, okay? In the creation. But they deliberately forgot that long ago by God's word and heaven existed and the earth was formed out of water by water. By these waters also The world of that time was deluged and destroyed. Here's another time. Now, time had begun for mankind because earth, but this is a reference to the flood. If you remember Noah's flood, which there's plenty of science out there now to say there was a worldwide flood and it did actually happen. As a matter of fact, um, Mr. Wally, Miss Marty just got back, but they went up to the ark, which is up right outside of Cincinnati. And let me just tell you, we took the girls and went to see, they built a life-size real Noah's ark deal. It's amazing. It is worth the trip. If you've never been there or you're going to be in that area, to go see uh, the ark. We absolutely love um, Ken Ham and Answers in Genesis and all that they do. But this is about the flood. So by the same word, the present heavens and earth, listen to this, are reserved for fire. 
God gave the rainbow. By the way, that's what a rainbow means. I'll just leave that there. Um, but a rainbow is God's promise that he would never destroy the earth again by water. By water. You catching that? By water. Okay, because here it says, by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for what? Fire. Being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, listen to this, this is so key. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Why? Because our God is outside of time. (laughs) So when we try to frame God in to time periods, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit who our God is. That's, that's, that's just not who he is, right? And it goes on to say, um, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Now, for some people, they, they, they go one way with that. But let me just tell you, I read some things about, from some Jewish scholars, and here's a belief that they have, right, wrong, or indifferent. They believe when it says a thousand days and a day is like a thousand years, that there's a reference there to seven, seven days of creation, 7,000 years of actual existence. Now, if, if that time period is true, what I would say to you is that we're right on the edge of 7,000 years. So, do we know? No. But could it be? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? The Lord, listen to it, is not slow in keeping his promise. <laughs> Y'all, God is not an old man sitting in his lazy boy. And Jesus is waking him up going, can I go now? What? Huh? Right? He's not slow in keeping it. As a matter of fact, I would frame it this way. I almost picture God sitting there and he's like, okay, let's, let's go. Let's go. And Jesus is like, really? Really? It's time? Yeah. He's like, all right. And Jesus is amped because, you know, he's excited. He's the bridegroom. He's coming to get his, his, his bride, right? The church. And he's coming back. And he goes, God goes, all right, let's go. And Jesus starts to get up. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Sit down. There's a couple more. There's a couple more. There's a couple more that they're going to be reached. There's a couple more that are going to make the decision that we're going to spend eternity. See, he's not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, he is patient with you. Man, aren't you grateful for a patient God? Come on, somebody. Come on. I'm preaching about 73% better than you're responding right now. I'm just saying. Aren't you grateful for a patient God? He's patient, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. Man. But the days of the Lord will come like a thief. In other words, you don't know. In other words, it comes out of nowhere. Right? I I couldn't help but when I read this, I thought of poor Misty and Kelly and some of them that they were at a soccer match and got broken into their cars. Right? They're sitting at a soccer match with their kids. They had no idea what was going to happen, right? It came out of nowhere. It was what the heck jacked their whole day up. You know, and, and, and listen, that's what this, this scripture is telling us. It's going to come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. So let's just talk for a second about what are the signs. Because we don't know when. We're going to bring that back up. We don't know when. But we can talk a little bit about what. Right? We can't because it was described. Number one, people will be distracted with life. The verse that we read there, it just said, they will follow their own appetite. Let me say it this way. 
How much of this world are we focused on and how much of heaven are we focused on? Because you can't be focused on both at the same time. Are you living in the last days? Let me say it to you this way. You're living in your last days. See, whether or not the trumpet sounds and it happens that way, or whether or not something happens to you physically and you die, listen to me, we're living in our last days. Right? We're living in the reality that we have a limited amount of time here on earth. Matthew 24 and 37, back to that Matthew 27 chapter. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be for the coming of the Son of Man. What was happening in the days of Noah? In the days of Noah, God had told Noah to build a boat. Took him years and years and years to build this boat. The whole time he's building the boat, what comes? Scoffers. Does that sound familiar? Right? Scoffing, telling him, what, what is this thing anyway? Because they didn't know, they had never seen rain. If you go back and study the scripture, there was almost like a greenhouse mist effect on the earth. So they had, they had not seen clouds and rain. They didn't know what that was. So you got to imagine that he's telling them, listen to me, rain's, water's going to fall out of the sky. And he might as well have said to them, hey, guess what? Buffaloes are going to fall out of the sky. They'd have the exact same reaction. So the whole time he's building this boat, what are they doing? Scoffing him. Telling him, this is stupid. This is a joke. Are you kidding? Are you crazy right now? Same thing happens to you and me if we really get serious about our eternity. If we get really serious, then other people are looking at us and going, why do you do that? Like I, re- I remember a friend of mine that they were not in church. They were not doing anything. And they had this whole big friend group. They used to go party together and all this sort of stuff. And then they started getting plugged in the church. And I remember that when their friends started going, like, you're always at the church now. You never hang out with us anymore. Why are you doing this? Right? The reality. As, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be to the coming of man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. What are they doing? We're focused on things of this world. Up to the day that Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. So number one is people are going to be distracted. We know this by life. Number two, people will forget God. People will forget God. Listen to me. The gospel is growing rapidly, like rapidly everywhere else in the world. You realize that today, just in this one day, there will be thousands of new followers of Jesus in China. Thank you, God, right? Praise God that that's exactly what's going on. But we're moving in a little bit different direction here in the United States, right? Lizzie, you have that graphic. Did you, did you get that graphic put in? I gave it to her kind of late, but... There's a, there's a, there's a couple different generations that I, that I want to talk through and kind of help us to visualize this. So your builder generation, they were born in 1927 to 1945, 65% Bible believing. Right? 65%. Your boomers, your boomers, which right now, listen to me, right now your boomers are pretty much running our country for the most part. Okay, that's your presidents and congressmen and right now we've got some younger people coming in there in the next generation But I want you to see 35% bible-based believers Buster generation 65 to 83 16% and then look at the last one But let me ask you this question If our country looks like this when the 35% are running the country What does it look like when the 4% are? 
And the reality that, that, that we have to understand, boy, that sure does look a lot like what we're hearing in the scripture. You know what that says to me? This is just my, my interpretation. We have to reach the next generation. Why is Church of the Lake so focused on the next generation? It's right there in front of you. Right? Why are we trying to do so much like we're trying to form the teen center and we've got the rock going and we're doing all these things and it's like, why is there all that focus? Because the reality is, is we've got to raise up the next generation to understand who God is and to pay attention. Matthew 24 and 12, listen, because of the increase of wickedness, man, the love of most will grow cold. That breaks my heart. That's our job, church. That's our job. First of all, you can't let your own love grow cold. How do we do that? Well, I'm preaching to the choir, but we got to be in church together. We've, we've, we've got to hear God's word to renew our mind. We've got to find a small group. We've got to find a group of people. And I said it to you before. I'll say it to you again. Go to a small group that doesn't belong to this church. I don't care. I just say you need to be in a small group. Right? We've got to have people around us that keep us pumped up and keep that reality going inside of our lives. Number three of what we're going to see in end times is people will not be ready. Right? People will not be ready. Matthew 24 and 40. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Again, we don't know what. Listen, it's, there's nothing wrong with being all into prophecy and watching the guys on TV and all that stuff. But please hear me. For the most part, it's, it's a scenario of um, we're going to scare you enough so you buy our books. Okay? So can I, can I caution you in spending so much time in all the prophecy, 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 prophecy? Because we don't know. Like you're never going to find an and an answer to that. Should we be looking at the signs? Yes, that's why we're looking at them today. But I just encourage you to be careful in that scenario. First Thessalonians 5 and 2. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Or how about this one? Matthew 24, 36. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son but the Father only. If we could figure it out, I'm pretty sure Jesus would know. Right? So the answer is, are we living in the last days? We don't know. But the way I'd like to say it to you is this way. You are living in your last days. And so that should really be our focus. You don't, you don't need to know what time it is. You need to know what to do with the time you have left. Right? We, don't, we don't need to know when Jesus is coming back. We just need to know he's coming back and do our best until he comes back. That's the goal, right? Buy the books and guess, but, but listen, it's important that we know how to use the days we've been given. We are all living in our last days. So what should we do? Well, in First Chronicles, it talks about the men of Issachar. And it said they understood the times and knew what Israel should do. That's my heartbeat for us. That we would understand our times and know what we should do with the time that we have left. Right? Where should we prioritize? Where should we put our efforts, our resources, all the things that God has given us? So let me finish today by giving you some thoughts on instead of us trying to figure out when, 
Let's figure out how. How am I going to spend my last days? And I'm going to do this by using 1 Peter. And, 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 and so it's just Peter. This is not Mike. This, I'm just walking down a chapter. And he gives some therefores, right? So 1 Peter 4 and 7 says the end things um, are, are, are near therefore. And he's going to give us four therefores. Right? Four things that since the end times and since your times are limited, here are four therefores for you to do. Does that make sense? Number one is think clearly. Think clearly. It says in the end of things is near. Therefore be clear minded and self controlled so that you can pray. Okay? Think clearly. Think like, but I'm already all jacked up in my head. Like, how do I think clearly? Like, that sounds good, but how do I really actually put that into play? Well, let me say it to you this way. Thinking clearly is thinking eternally. Thinking clearly is thinking eternally. Apparently, the research says this. 62% of Americans believe in the second coming. 62%. are actually living for him. Come on, think, think that through. Think that through. Hear me on this. Right? They, they, they think he's coming. And you go, really? So you think he's coming back? Cool. Okay, so, so what are you doing then? Oh, no. And so I question, even when they did that research, I questioned their answer to the question. Because if you really believe something was going to happen, you respond to it. Listen to me. This is whole nother thing that just popped in my spirit. It's not in my notes. You can't say you believe something and not see actions towards that. Come on. Right? We're really good with words in our culture. Right? We can just say it and that makes it real. And that doesn't make it real. It is our actions that make it real. So we can't say we believe in Jesus and then go about our own business and doing our own thing. Because if we believe him, we believe his message. And his message says, surrender all to me. Right? Give me all. That it actually goes so far as to use the word and say, you're a, a bond servant or a slave of Christ. Like that's, that's who you are if you choose to be a believer and a follower of Jesus. Right? That we're under him. Philippians 3, 8 through 21. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct show they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. What is that? Whatever feels good. Come on, anybody else an emotional eater like me? Come on. Right? Something good going on? Let's go eat. Something crappy going on? Let's go eat. Right? And, 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 and that's just one part of the reality. And, and, and today we really struggle. And listen to me, if you're under 40, please hear my words lovingly as your pastor. Not dogging you, but think this through. The reality that sometimes you're going to have to do things you don't want to do even though you don't feel like it. That when you make a commitment, you follow through on that commitment regardless of how you feel. Because the scripture here is saying that when we give into our appetite like that, we're not actually living out who God has called us to be. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. Listen to me. Think about your conversations. And do we have a tendency sometimes to go, well, yeah, let me tell you what I used to do. And it's funny and it's kind of tossed into Christian thinking, but we're kind of bragging about something we used to do and everybody laughs and we think it's funny. 
Right? That's, that's what that's talking about. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. What did I say? Clear thinking is eternal thinking, right? Our eyes on what it is that, that God has for us. But, listen to this, but we are citizens of heaven. Come on, somebody. We're citizens of heaven. I don't care what your citizenship says here on earth. This earth is going away. Do you hear me? Like, I don't care if you call yourself Italian-American, African-American. What I, I, listen to me, all that stuff's going away. All that stuff is irrelevant. There is no races. There is the human race. We are all of one race. If you believe what the Bible says, we all came from Adam and Eve. We're all brothers and sisters. We are one. It doesn't matter what color my skin is or this and that. And it's funny how quickly we will like, I mean, people actually live in neighborhoods based on where their ancestors came from, not even them. Think that through. That's, that's not clear thinking. That's earthly thinking. That's, that's me putting so much weight on the things of this world. And that's exactly what it's telling us not to do. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Is anybody here excited about that? Right? That he's coming back. He's coming back, y'all. He is coming back. And yet sometimes I, I think we've fallen asleep a little bit to that reality. Because we're not thinking clearly. Because i got to pay the bills and mow the lawn. I hadn't done anything for my wife in a while. Oh, well, she's probably fine. Come on. Right? But but our head is all stuck in. I deserve a day. I'm just going to sit and watch football or I'm going to sit and do I'm Like our, our mind is so focused on the things of this earth and that's not clear thinking we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our savior he will take our weak mortal bodies amen hallelujah and change them into glorious bodies come on somebody anybody want to get rid of this body and get a glorious body come on now right and all the old people said amen all right right these glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. What that says is this. All the things of this earth, wear them loosely. Right? Wear them loosely. Because it's all going away. It is all going away. Number two. Number two. Since we're living in our last days, how do we respond? Number two is focus on relationships. Focus on relationships. First Peter 4, 8 through 9. Above all. Listen to me. If a scripture is going to start with those two words, might be a little important what's coming after. Right? Agreed? Above all. Above all. What does all mean? All means all. That's all all means. You understand? All, above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I'm terrible at that. Come on, anybody else be honest enough to say? But that's what it says, above, above all else. Are your feelings more important or are other people more important? That's the question the Holy Spirit asked me this week as I was preparing this. 
And I had to be honest and say, I probably, about 75% of the time, my feelings are more important than other people. Like, I, I, I want it the way I want it. I like it the way I like it. I, I want, you know, oh good, this is not Dasani, you know? I'm just picking on some of our people. But in all reality, listen to me. That, that what is most important? Let me say it to you this way. There's only one thing on this earth that will be in heaven. People. The only thing on this earth that is eternal, listen to me, is people. So for us to be clear-minded and clear in our thinking and to be eternal-minded is for us to overlook everything else in this world to be looking at people. To be loving, to be serving, to going outside of myself. Are people aggravating? Of course people are aggravating. You're aggravating. Come on. If you think of right now, if you think about Thanksgiving's coming. And if you can't think of the most aggravating person that's going to be at the Thanksgiving table, it's you. But that, listen, but that we would love. And so we need practice. Listen to me, you need practice. Because we've gotten really bad at it. We've gotten really where we like to isolate. Our culture has told us and set up our scenarios where we don't know our neighbors very well. Right? We isolate. We, we pull ourselves away. And, and, and we don't understand that if we're having eternal thought process. Listen to me. For those of you who are task-minded, and I'm not dogging you because we need you. Okay? But just hear me out on this. When you're task-oriented and focused on things, I need you to hear, you're focusing on the things that are not eternal. Because the only thing around you that's internal are the people that are around you. So when I say get in a small group, I'm not saying that because we're trying to build our small group system. Do you you understand? It's because you need practice. I need practice. I blew it a few times this week with some people. Anybody else? Anybody else get a little aggravated with somebody? Maybe you were kind of a jerk. Maybe you didn't say it, but in your head you were, so God knows it happened. So I need practice. What's the only way for you to practice? Well, to get around people and to get a little aggravated. And so we have to do that. Number three, if we're going to live out our last days, eternally minded, number three, we got to focus on making a difference. Make a difference. Make a difference. First Peter 4 and 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve himself. Each one should use his hobbies and the things he likes to make him feel better about himself. Come on, I'm describing what we do, not what the scripture says. Right? But the reality, listen, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's what? God's what? Grace. Grace. In its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. When you open your mouth, whose words are you speaking? Because you're either speaking eternal words 
or you're speaking selfish words. Whether it be to our spouse or a coworker or our children or whatever. I mean, I, I recognize it within myself. Like Jen and I've talked about in parenting. Parenting's tough. Can I get an amen, somebody? Anybody got teenagers in here? Anybody got teenagers? If somebody just raise their hand, lay hands on them, pray for them, right? No, listen, listen. So I recognize sometimes the tendency inside of myself to get onto my kids because I'm embarrassed. Are you following me? Okay. And so I do that correction wrong because my mindset is actually about Mike. Not about correcting or trying to make godly. Does, does that make sense? That, that's what this is talking about. That, man, don't speak words because you're speaking as the words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides. Whoa, 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 whoa. He should do it with the strength that God's provide. But I'm tired. I didn't, I didn't ask you if you were tired. I'm asking you to serve and ask God to provide you the strength to serve. But I don't feel like doing that. Right? I'm, not, I'm not really asking you how you're feeling. I'm asking you to do what it is that God has given you the gifts to do. Right? And then to do it with an attitude. Why? Because I have an eternal mindset, not a worldly mindset that is looking at people and situations and those things around me. You should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. It's about purpose. We say that word a lot. It's about purpose. Because we've got to constantly be looking for purpose. Meaning. And it's going to take some work. Right? We, I always joke when I start Life Steps. In, in week one, I go, alright, you got four weeks of Life Steps and then you're going to be perfect. No, it's, a, it's the beginning of a process. A lifelong process of looking for purpose. There's an illustration I'll give you real quick and then I, I got to get us moving along. A lot of us look at the, the idea of God's will and God's purpose for our life like a tightrope. In other words, the only way to stay in God's will is if I take the perfect right next step. If I take the next wrong step, whoa, and so many of us look at it that way. This is this tightrope, right? Just trying to find. And listen, I need to say it to you this way. It's more like a playing field. In other words, there's a whole playing field of opportunities. And you might have multiple options that are still within God's will. And so it's a different picture. There's not a fear that we need to have to this idea of purpose. There's a pursuit of purpose that we need to have. Understanding there's options. Sometimes I really believe God goes, eh, you pick. I do. I really believe there's a couple options here. And he goes, you pick. We'll go with that one. Both of them are going to lead to where I need to take you to. Right? And so it's about purpose. So I want to do something a little bit new with our Right Now Media to try to help you each week. My heart, man, as a pastor is to create disciples. And I don't want to just do Sunday morning and y'all go, yay, that was good. And go on with your life. And then we're part of the percentage that's not really walking this thing out because we're supposed to be disciples. So right now media is something we have online. You can sign up on our website and do that. But here's what I'm going to start doing every week tied to the lesson. I'm going to give you a suggested video or teaching that goes along as a follow-up for the rest of the week. Does that make sense? 
So I've already put one on our on Right Now Media. For those of you who don't know what that is, go on our website under resources. There's a place you can sign up. It'll tell you all about it. If you don't know how to do it, please call Lizzie at the office. She'll be more than happy to walk you through. It is an amazing tool. There's an app. You can pull it up right here on your phone. But in the app, there's a place where you can go to Church of the Lakes, our actual page for Right Now Media. And under there, I've put weekly suggestions. Okay, so on this purpose thing for this week, I've put a teaching by uh, Louis Giglio that's called Passion and Purpose. And I want to suggest, and every week I'm going to suggest something like that. Because God has grace for us. That part of the verse, God has grace for us. He he gives us grace. You you don't have grace. He, He gives us grace, right? And now it's up to us to minister grace to others. That's, that's the way this works. That's, that's the way this works, that we would minister. But you can't give what you don't have. So number four is this, receive God's grace. Receive God's grace. Second Peter 3 and 11, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought we to be? Isaiah 55 would answer it this way. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon. See, that's what's presented to each one of us each and every day, right? Each and every day, his grace what is grace? It's unearned favor. There's nothing you could do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make him love you less. There's just grace. And so in light of the fact that I am living in my last days, however many days that, that, that is, I don't know. Will Jesus come back next week? Will I live to be 90? I hope not. Will I, listen, listen, and, 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 and I say that and, and we laugh. But I, I'm excited about going to see Jesus. Can I just... And, and, and if you're not excited about going to see Jesus, maybe you don't understand. Maybe you don't understand that all the pain goes away. Maybe you don't understand that, like, I don't have to train for a half marathon. I can just go run one. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, 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 there's no more cancer. Come on, somebody. There's no more divorce. There's no more rape or abuse, right? There's nothing more in that scenario. And so the reality of us understanding that there's a freedom that comes, but it comes because you receive his grace. And so I want to challenge you today to consider receiving his grace. These guys are going to sing freedom. Prayer team's going to come in just a few minutes. Um, but I want to pray for you first before you respond today. Because we like to try to have a time where there's an opportunity to, to respond to God's word today. So here's the response. In light of the fact that I don't know when the last days are, but that I know my last days are here, how am I going to respond? That's an individual response. A couple different ways you can respond today. You can receive His grace, maybe for the first time. Maybe for the very first time you finally go, you know what? I've been kicking the tires for a while, and I've been wondering, like, but today's the day. Today's the day I need to just come and say, I surrender my life. I... I want to receive your grace. I want something more out of this life than running around the same mountains and the same mountains that Jesus says, come. 
If you're weary and tired, we sang it today. If you're weary and thirsty and tired, come. There's freedom. You can pray with somebody today and receive Jesus. Maybe you need to come today and say, I've lost my fire. I've lost my vision of eternity. And I'm so focused on the things of this life and this world. And, 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 and life has beat me down so much that I'm just, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And I need somebody to pray with me today. You might respond today in your giving. Like this is me saying, God, I give back to you. I make you number one. And so we tithe and we give our offerings. These are all responses that we have today. So would you do this? Let me pray real quick. And, and, um, and then we'll kind of move on with a time of prayer and give you the opportunity to respond. But let me, let me pray for you real quick. God, I ask you to forgive me for losing sight of eternity, for losing sight of last days. Maybe for losing urgency. The fact that people need to know you and understand who you are. For those that are here today and they they realize that, they need to make that decision today. Give them courage to come and pray with someone. God, give us courage to, to reach toward you and not withdraw away. Help us to respond in light of these last days and whatever is appropriate for each and every one of us individually. So we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said...